Well, good morning and welcome. Uh, Happy Mother's Day again. It's uh, a great day to be celebrating not only our biological mothers, but those women in our life who we just so appreciate who have invested into us. And you know, I think, I'm thinking about that video we recorded with, the, with some of the young, young ones and those two questions. If I was to answer them, what would that be? And I think the one thing I remember my mum saying to me and my two brothers all the time was, be good to one another. And being three brothers, we need to be reminded of that quite frequently. Um, but be good to one another. And I still think of that to this day, um, which is... Which is good. It's a good thing. And um, the second question, you know, the one thing that I enjoy doing with my mum is I do. I love talking with my mum because my mum just seems to be that person who, who is understanding and I feel safe and I feel at home. And so I just love talking with my mum. And I know, like Nathan, my mum will watch this back later on. And so, you know, I'd love to take a moment to say happy Mother's Day, mum, in case I forget later. So, um, ticking boxes and preaching at the same time, that's a, a good thing. So, what, what I want to do is I actually want to begin by asking a question. I want to get you thinking. I want you to think back to when you were younger. You know, maybe it was primary school, high school, maybe even your early young adult years. But what was the one thing that you were completely obsessed with? You know, it might have been a hobby or a band, or maybe it was reading, a TV show, something, something that you knew all about, that you spent all your time learning about, maybe even doing or watching. Hopefully it wasn't just a boy or a girl that you're obsessed with, but you know, there's something that you're obsessed with that you knew everything about. And what I want you to do, if you're brave enough, I want you to turn to the person next to you and share with them what was that one thing you're obsessed with growing up. And if you can't think of anything, that's okay. Maybe just say good morning. A few moments. For those watching us online, let us know in the comments what's that one thing that you were obsessed with growing up. Wow. You know what? My guess is that if you were obsessed with it growing up, you could probably talk about it for a while. So let's gather it back in, and um, maybe you learned something new about the person next to you. Hopefully you still have respect for them. I don't know, depending on what it was. For me, I used to love skateboarding. Skateboarding was my life. And I dreamed of becoming a pro skateboarder one day, like Tony Hawk, because he was, he was awesome. My favorite was actually Rodney Mullen, but maybe that's getting too into the details. But I loved it, and I spent all my time doing it. I remember coming home from school one day, well, not one day, every day, going to my room, grabbing my skateboard, and heading out to the backyard to skate. And the cool thing was, when I lived in Sanford, we were renting a place that had an empty in-ground swimming pool, which would have been cool, but they covered it over with concrete. That was still pretty cool, because I was really little. I probably wasn't up to in-ground swimming pools yet. But they covered it, and so I had this big piece of concrete that I could go and skate on. And for a kid who wanted to become a pro skater, this was my ticket. I could practice every day. And when skateboarding wasn't an option, like it was raining or it was dark and mum wanted me inside, the skating didn't stop. 
I would head inside and play Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Does anyone remember that video game? I see the young adults over here. For some reason, my copy, I got it in a cereal box. I, I don't know. They were giving out a disc, funny things you get in cereal boxes. But I remember playing this. And when I couldn't play video games, I'd read magazines. And for this group over here, magazines are Pinterest, but a paper version. <laughs> they were great. You could Anyway, um, so... That was my whole life. I immersed myself in this experience of skateboarding. And because I immersed in myself in it so much that everything was tinted with these glasses of skateboarding. When I'd go out, I would see like a set of stairs. I'd be like, could I ollie down that? Maybe. I'd see a, a garden edge that was swooped, and I'd be like, that looks like a skate ramp. I reckon you could skate that. Yes, I was that kid. But everything revolved around it, and I saw things through that lens. And... I think I've probably built up enough muscle memory that it's been 15 years, but I reckon I could still probably do an ollie, which is a jump on flat ground. And um, I'm actually going to prove this point this morning. So Jackson lent me his skateboard on Friday night so I could go and practice, which I forgot to do, so I had a quick go out the back this morning and got busted. So here we go. And church, it has been a while. But like I said, I was immersed in this, and I reckon I've got muscle memory. So if I land this, I would like some encouragement. Is that okay? Is that okay? Not a good start. Is that okay, church? Yeah, okay, here we go. All right, all right, here we go. Um, Yes, because a good youth pastor does that. All right, here we go. All right. Thank you. Here we go. There we go. We'll just leave that up on the stage here. Thanks, Glory. Okay. (sighs) The stamina does not stick just by sheer will force. All right. So, believe it or not, this brings me to my first point this morning. Okay? We're coming to our first point already, and that is what we immerse ourselves in is what we absorb and become. Okay? What we immerse ourselves in is what we absorb and become. And I don't... I was going to say, I don't know if you've ever experienced this before, but I can guarantee it. I just don't know if you've ever experienced, um, noticed it before. But it's more than just hobbies and things. When we are immersed in certain attitudes or um, certain ways of thinking, we start to take that on board. Have you ever been somewhere before, experienced like a show or something and thought, wow, that was pretty good? But if there's that one person who's with you who starts to nitpick and goes, oh, you know what, I just feel like the transitions weren't great or maybe the lighting wasn't too good, or something like that, it kind of starts to affect, we start to absorb that, and it starts to affect the way we perceive that event. I mean, the reverse is true too. Like, we can have encouraging people, we start to take that on board, and so, you know, what we immerse ourselves in is what we absorb and become, and this is important. And so here's the thing I want us to consider this morning. What if we applied the same attitude of full immersion, like fully immersing ourselves to that of Christ-likeness. You know, we as Christians believe that we're saved by faith through what Jesus did on the cross. That's, that's a given. When we accept that free gift, we have salvation. And then from that, there's this, this side effect that's supposed to happen, right? We're supposed to become more and more Christ-like 
exuding Christ's love in all that we do. And so I just think the effect immersing myself in skateboarding had was tremendous. So what if I immersed myself in Christ-likeness? Now, you'll notice I said the same attitude instead of the same process, right? Because with skateboarding, I tried harder and harder and harder to get better and better. But it's not the same with Christianity. It's not the same with Christ-likeness. Because although every genuine Christian wants to be more like Christ, we often fall short of the ideal. And that is because our striving to be more like Christ, it, it often fails us. We don't become Christ-like by working harder to become like Christ, despite our best intentions, human efforts of holiness, which is Christ-likeness, of holiness, always falls, falls woefully short into either legalism, so we've got all these rules, or stuffy religion. You see, often we'll either become arrogant because we're like, we've, re- we've, we've hit a certain level, we're doing really well. I don't know if you've ever seen that before. Or in despair, which has been my experience, because I just felt like I never lived up to that standard of Jesus. Like, how do I do that? And so here's the secret. Christ-likeness is actually an inside job. Because only Jesus can bring Christ-likeness. That's my second point this morning. Only Christ brings Christ-likeness. Instead of working hard to be Christ-like, we start with Christ doing a work in us. And um, in Ephesians 4, 24, it actually talks about this process. And this is our main verse for this morning. It talks about you know, this calling, but also the process that takes place and how we should expect to experience this. And what I want to encourage you to do this week is to actually continue to read this verse. Immerse yourself in this verse. You know, so that you can absorb what it has to say. And this is what it says. Throw off your old sinful nature and former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. So that's the calling. The calling is to throw off this life that we have, you know, started to, to live and, and sort of these false economies that we've taken on board. You know, trying to find hope and peace and, and joy in the things around us, which is okay. We can find hope and joy in that, but when that is our source of hope and joy and peace, ultimately it's deceptive because it doesn't last. It can be taken away. So there's something better. There's something more for us. There is the calling. Next, we see the process. It says, instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on a new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. It starts with the work of the Holy Spirit in us. Mark Wilson, in his book, Filled Up, Poured Out, which is a great book. If you're looking for something to read, check this one out. Filled Up, Poured Out. He uses the image of a sponge to illustrate this point. And I was tempted to throw up a picture of SpongeBob SquarePants, but I thought that wouldn't be very helpful. Just, I thought that might be more distracting than anything. But I want you to imagine a sponge, right? As I read through this quote from him, he has this point, he calls it spongeology. It's like this theology of a sponge. It it sounds weird. Let me just read it to, to let you know. But it highlights this 
idea of immersing in Christ so well. And here's the quote. It says, Mr. Sponge is dry, crusty, and inflexible. Though made to release water, he will never accomplish this unless never accomplish this unless he dips, takes a dip in the bucket. Like a sponge that soaks in water until saturated, Christ calls us to immerse ourselves in his love until his presence permeates every pore. We then serve in the overflow. Christian ministry is not therefore a matter of working hard for Jesus, but allowing Jesus to do a, work, a mighty work in and through you. I love this quote because it explains so well what Paul was communicating in the passage we just read. You know, it, throw off your sinful nature. Instead, immerse yourself in Christ's love for you and allow the Holy Spirit's presence to permeate every pore inside of you. And Paul says... In fact, he states that the Holy Spirit's presence in your life renews your thoughts and your attitudes to reflect God's, which is truly righteous and holy. You know, righteous meaning good, virtuous, upright, upstanding, decent and worthy, good things. And holy meaning set apart for God's purposes. If your thoughts and attitudes reflect that of Christ's, you can guarantee it's going to positively affect the way you see people and treat them and the way you respond to circumstances in life. It's going to have a positive impact on that. I want to give you a moment just to consider the people, and don't worry, I'm not going to ask you to turn the person next to you, but I want to give you a moment to consider the people in your life or the person in your life that seems most like Jesus to you? Who is that person that just seems most like Christ? You know, why, why did you think of that person? What quality marks them as Christ-like? My guess is that it didn't have anything to do with their job, or their status, their gender, or their age, Instead, you chose them because they exude Christ's love and all that they do. In my experience, these sorts of people, they make us feel good about ourselves, but at the same time, they encourage us to be the best version of ourselves, the truest version of ourselves. The person that comes to mind for me, there's actually a few people, but one of them which seems appropriate today is my mum. You know, she's one of those people who exudes Christ's love. And I met mum when I was at a very young age. And um, I'll be honest, I don't remember most of those early years. But from when I do remember, mum has always had this supernatural ability to love people. And I think that it came from Christ because there were people who really are hard to love. And yet mum would still take them in, and she would care for them. And so not only did I see mum, you know, show what it truly means to, to love people as Christ did, but in myself, I saw her do that with other people too. And it was just a good example of what it means 
to be Christ-like. Other people in my life I've shared before, um, you know, there's many people. I, I worked for a fella on a, on a um, avocado farm. <laughs> you know, he's just an avocado farmer. And yet he invested into my life. You know, Scott Lucas, not Scott Lucas, <laughs> Scott Griffith. I always get those two names mixed up. Scott Lucas is another Christ-like man, by all means. Absolutely. Um, let's not discount that. In fact, maybe it's just a prompting of the Holy Spirit. You know, he fir- faithfully serves and loves people. But you guys know Scott Griffith as well. You know, he's someone, when I go and talk with him, when I go and meet with him, I always walk away just feeling a little bit taller, feeling a little bit more encouraged. Other people have seen it too. It's not just me. And I think that is the love of Christ that is exuding out of him. Now, here's a word of caution in regards to Mark Wilson's spongeology, his you know, theory of what we absorb. Like a sponge that, release, um, that releases water must always go back to the bucket to absorb more water to release, we must continuously go back to the source of perfect love, which is Jesus. Because if we don't continuously immerse ourselves in his love through spiritual disciplines like prayer, solitude, fasting, devotions, all these things that we've spoken about many times here at Hills Church, these intentional times where we meet with Jesus. If we don't do these things, we will run empty and start to absorb less than healthy thoughts and attitudes. So, here's my last point for you today. The key is to immerse yourself in Christ daily. Immerse yourself in Christ daily. Now, I don't want to just say, do this and then send you out. I, I, I think it's important that you know, I give you some tools and some tips to do this. Now, these aren't, I'm going to give you my top tips for immersing yourself in Christ daily. And I don't, I don't claim that these are the best or the only way or, or, or something like that. But this has just been my experience. And so I want to share that with you. And I hope that they're broad enough that you can take them and run with them. And so remembering that we always begin with the source of true love, which is Jesus, right? That's where we find Christ-likeness, through the outpouring of the Holy Spirit inside of us. With that in mind, here's my first top tip. Number one, start at the beginning of the day. Start at the beginning of the day. I know for some of you, you're like, I am not a morning person, and I would way prefer to do this of an evening. That's okay, do your deep devotional time at a time that suits you. And I also understand that for some of you, especially parents, you, know, you have a busy morning. And it's hard to, to carve out a space in the morning to do that. But I encourage you to at least do something. For me, I always, no matter how busy my morning is, I will go to the Bible app, read the verse of the day, which is always very short, and commit that as a prayer to the Lord. That is my go-to no matter what happens because it sets your day up for a win. We only have a limited capacity for effective, effectively absorbing thoughts and ideas in a day. If you've ever gotten to the end of a uni class 
or anything like that. And you're just like, I cannot physically absorb any more information. In fact, I think half of that went in one ear and out the other. It's because we only have so much capacity to effectively absorb ideas and thoughts. And so when you begin with the good stuff, well, you're already a step ahead, right? Begin with the good stuff. Number two is to consider what you are entertaining yourself with. You know, this is actually something that I was challenged with uh, maybe a year and a bit ago. It was actually Nicole Webb who, who brought this up in Young Adults. And she was challenged by it, but, but by her sharing her story, it challenged me. And at this time, I was watching a TV series, which I didn't think much of. Um, it was called Friends. And I loved watching Friends. I know a lot of you do too. I'm not saying it's bad or good or whatever. But for me, I realized that as I was watching Friends, their morals and the lifestyle that they're advocating weren't necessarily lining up with that of Christ. And as I was watching, and issues would come up in the series as they do, I'd be like, I would start to think along their lines of how to solve the issue, which wasn't very Christ-like. I'm like, that's not what I would do if I was Christ-like. And so I realized I was immersing myself in this train of thought, and I didn't want that to then affect my actions. And so for me, I was convicted to watch out for that. We need to consider what we are entertaining entertaining ourselves with. In fact, in Philippians 4 verse 8, it gives us some guidance on this too. It says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and noble and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. This is a great list. And you'll notice it's, it's exhaustive, but it's not specific. Because there are many things in this life that aren't Christian that are still good and wholesome, and upright. We don't have to be just spending all of our time walking around only looking at the scriptures and nothing else in the world because we're called to be a part of this world, but not of it. And so in order to do so, we can guard our hearts at the same time by considering what we're entertaining ourselves by. Here's my last top tip, number three. And it's really important. Actively ask What is God doing in this moment? I mentioned this theory last week in my welcome. Um, It was Dr. Rick, what was Rick's last name? Lewis. Dr. Rick Lewis, he spoke with us last week, but he actually ran a leadership development day for all the Wesleyan pastors as well. And in that day, he asked us this question, which I'm going to ask again. And it, it was this, do you believe the Holy Spirit is working in your life? And most of us were like, yep, yep, absolutely. I believe he's working in our life. And then he asked a very pointed second question. He said, well, if so, can you tell me what that is? What is he doing? And I was like, oh, um, yeah, give me a minute. Um, and, And that's the thing. We believe that the Holy Spirit is at work in our life and in the lives of those around us. But sometimes... We just don't take the moment to to ask the question, well, what is it? There are so many lessons the Holy Spirit wants to teach us throughout our life, but sadly, a lot of them are missed because we simply don't stop to reflect and ask that question. 
You know, we go through a lot of stuff day by day. There are a lot of hard things that we go through as well. And whether we stop to reflect or not, we still went through them. And so I encourage you, if you stop and think about what is the Holy Spirit, what was the Holy Spirit doing in that moment and what is the Holy Spirit currently doing, you will learn a lot. And you'll be able to encourage others when you can share that experience. So start at the beginning of the day, even if it's something small, that is okay. Just start focused on Christ. Consider what you are entertaining yourself with, and you're probably going to have to reflect on that individually. And then actively ask, what is God doing in this moment? It's the most important question we as Christians can be asking of ourselves. So if you would like to go deeper in your relationship with Jesus and and start to live this life that I believe has true freedom in it, then why not start today? You know, we can start immersing ourselves in the love of Jesus right now. And I want to invite the band to come up. I want to pray for you. But I would my prayer is that you would also be praying with me. Okay? Let's pray, church. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you that you are good and that you desire the best for us. And God, we just we just want to be real with you right now. And for some of us, we, we need to admit the fact that for a while we kind of have been just posting along, not really considering you at all. But God, we thank you that you are a forgiving God who calls us back to him. And so this morning, we want to We want to take a moment to immerse ourselves in your love, in your grace that you desire to pour over us. Lord, we pray that the Holy Spirit would do a work in us. Holy Spirit, fill us with your goodness and your love. Permeate every part of our our soul and body, Lord, that we may be dripping with your love to the point where it just starts going everywhere and just getting all over the people around us. Lord, for those of us who are feeling dry, who are feeling empty, like we haven't been back to the source of true love for a while, Lord, I pray that they would be bold and they would step back into your arms, which are open wide. Fill us anew this morning. Come, Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, church.